put it out there and you'll grow as you grow and uh, you know you learn more by putting your stuff out there than just trying to do something perfect. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to The Kathy Heller Show. We have such a wonderful episode for you today, but before we get into it, I want to tell you something so exciting that I'm doing in just two weeks. In two weeks, I'm going to be doing a full week and it's free and it's an event called Most Abundant Year. How does that sound? How about we make 2022 our most abundant year yet? When you allow yourself, and I hope you do this often, but when you allow yourself to daydream, to close your eyes, to think of and and explore all of the desires of your heart, what would be so epic? What would you love to be doing a year from now? What would you love your life to look like three months from now? What would be different about it? What would be the same? What would be there? When I close my eyes, I see a beautiful farmhouse style home somewhere with seasons. I see myself soaking up more of the world with my family. I want to take them to Scotland and Ireland. I also want to go to places like Montana and Colorado. I also can see myself walking out to welcome the audience on the set of my own Kathy Heller TV show. And I'll tell you more about that later because there's some stuff in the works. And when I think of these things, the farmhouse, the traveling, the TV show, my stomach just feels like all those great feelings, those butterflies. So our thoughts become things. Our imagination is like a paintbrush where we are essentially able to create the future that we're walking into. And I've lived this and everyone who's been on this show has lived this. I want to do this with you for five days. So if you want to join me, it's going to be a free workshop for a whole week, five days. We'll be together an hour live every single day. You can go to kathyheller.com slash abundance and you can join me. So get ready. And if you can't make it live, we will send you the replays, but this is going to be such good stuff and it's going to start your year in a place that has you winding up in the most incredible place. All right. So today I'm excited because we have the lovely Garant Story on the show. And she's such an example of what I was just talking about. She's the founder of Doré. She's also an illustrator, a best-selling author, a storyteller, photographer, and 
She's just overall such a creative genius. Her brand, Doré, is not only a global online destination for finding inspiration through style and beauty, but it's a magnificent space of consciousness that encourages a life of creativity, self-reflection, and intention. Garance also has an amazing book called Love Style Life, and that includes her illustrations that take you through her journey and showcase the candid, hard-worn wisdom drawn from her life and her travels. She also has a membership called Leal that we're going to talk a little bit more about. And I know that you are going to learn so much from her about how to build such a beautiful platform and a beautiful life that is honest and that is also so sparkling and to build a very engaged community of people who you can take with you on that journey. I am really just blown away by her energy, her sense of confidence, her self-assurance. And it's just so powerful to hear from a woman who's pivoted this way and that way, who has successfully created a business and a brand, and she's following her intuition the whole time. And if something doesn't feel right, she makes a change. And I think that you're going to be inspired by her courage to hit reset whenever she needs to and pivot. So without further ado, please welcome the wonderful Garance Doré. Garance, thank you so much for being with us today. It's my pleasure. It's really so beautiful. Like you're so beautiful. I feel like you're, I feel like every, <laughs> seriously, I think everything about you is just beauty. Like you are beauty. Oh my God. Your work is beautiful. Your photography, the way that you dress yourself with the way that you write this community you've started. And it's amazing how big it's become. Um, I think people would just want to be in your energy and I want to hear how you started and how you grew this platform. Okay, so 15 years ago, I was 31, and I was desperate, and I was in France. I wanted to be an illustrator, but I didn't have jobs, and I, my parents hadn't let me train. You know, I was good at school, so they wanted me to become a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. So they didn't want me to become an artist. So when I was 27, apparently 27 is an age where you switch, like something... It's called a Venus return or Saturn return. Have you heard about that? I always say this to people. My 28th year, always. So somebody told me that exact same thing and you're right on. Yeah. Yeah. So at 27, I was like, I'm going to do my illustrations and I'm going to see how it goes. And it was a disaster. Uh, you know, it's not the like classic story of like, oh, I give myself the chance and then major success. Not at all. It was bad. I was on the verge of bankruptcy. It was not even a word for bankruptcy for me because I, yeah, anyway. Um, but when I was 31, I was a kind of like last chance type of thing. And I, in, in France, the blogs, I kind of started. and But at that time, it was more um, like personal diaries and things like that. And I thought, oh, you know what? I'm tired of art directors rejecting my work. I'm, I'm tired of being paid a hundred bucks per illustration. What about putting it out there and I started that as a blog and it just worked very very fast it took like a few weeks and I went from you know unknown to suddenly like people were talking about my work and and it was nothing crazy like Honestly, when I look at what people do now to be spotted and, you know, 15 years ago, I was, there was no one in my, in the field. So my illustrations were not even great. My, my posts were not, were not even great, but 
but I was doing something completely new. So it, it really took off like crazy and uh, long story short, I moved to Paris. I was living in the South of France and I started taking photos of people on the street because I loved style always, but I always felt like a provincial, you know, I come from Corsica, a little island. Uh, it's not small island, but like, you know, in the Mediterranean where we feel quite isolated. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I loved fashion. I read magazines and all that, but, you know, I felt very far from that. And I had no money and my parents wouldn't give me any money. My parents are immigrants, you know, they're like hardworking people and they're not the type to like build bridges for you. You know, they're like, if you want something, go get it. So I'd always worked, always worked like summer jobs and all that. And so suddenly I get to Paris and, you know, I'm kind of starting to do well, which you know, meant for me maybe having a thousand bucks in the bank, right? It, it was nothing. And I started seeing all these like stylish people on the street and decided to take a camera and take photos of them and put them on my blog. And it was a departure, which kind of also says a lot about my career in general. There, there's a lot of like, you know, I was an illustrator, but I didn't mind also going into being a photographer. But I became a photographer, and you know, over the years, since it's been quite a long time, there's always been like a sense of disruption with what I do and, and just following my intuition. We started taking photos and that's when, and I don't know if you've heard of this, but that's when street style exploded. And I was at the forefront of that. So I was me and the sartorialist and Tommy Tan came a little bit later. But if you work in fashion, you've heard about us like you know it was kind of we were the stars at that time and kind of challenged the way fashion was you know photographed and showed and all that and our blogs did extremely well so at that moment I moved to New York because there was more jobs coming and started like you know a, a real career in in the the world of, of New York fashion there is a huge emotional part to all this that you know I was nef definitely not ready not groomed to be a part of this world. So it was kind of a, you know, hard for many reasons, but I did really well. Um, I started building a company. Uh, the way I was making my money was through clients hiring me to do big photo shoots, illustrations, and the world of influencers had not started yet. And I was a trailblazer for everything, you know, like people didn't know how much to pay. And of course, like, you know, by that time I had an agent. So we were coming up with everything you can imagine, you know, how much to pay someone that does the type of job, you know, uh, how to decide that the campaign has been successful. So, you know, we, it was really like the forefront and the building of all that industry that now has taken over the world. And so that was how I started. Uh, slowly built a company. It became kind of a, a media company. And uh, then a few years ago, I had 20 employees and we were you know, doing content, you know, and just to give you a comparison, I started at the same time as something like Refinery29, which became this huge publication, but I'm more an artist than a businesswoman. And I think that's very important to know in my career, because there is a lot of stop and go. There is a lot of things that can appear like mistakes, but are actually because I'm guided more by my creativity than by looking at numbers. And uh, I've never dreamt of, and I'm, I'm not, like I never dreamt of, of being a billionaire or, you know, like anything like that. What drives me in life is a little bit different than that. So yeah, so a few, few years ago, I was uh, 
you know, living the life in New York, uh, studio, employees, uh, media, uh, you know, social media had started and, you know, I had a, you know, big following on Instagram and because, you know, again, I was, I was there, like, you know, I was occupying a lot of the terrain and, but I started feeling a lot of fatigue. I got tired. And so recently I made some big changes. So then a few years, maybe two years ago, I started, like, I, I got into a depression, I think, it was just too much, too fast, too much adaptation constantly. I realized the world of fashion was not really what I wanted to spend my life in. It's a, it's a tough world and I'm a fragile <laughs> person. And so I, I, I moved to LA and I, uh, I dropped about everything. I let my company... Um, you know, I, ha I have a great CEO who is also one now of my best friend and we've been working together for 10 years. And she was like, you go, I'll take care of the company. And she took care of the business. But at some point we went on a silent retreat because we're this type of people. And uh, we decided that it was time to change and time to like, you know, put an end to, you know, the media world had changed. Our desire to do things had changed. I was so tired of working through the problems of my employees, which I'm sure you have a lot of things to say about that, which I, if you're a creative and you build a company, the more employees you have, the less creative work you'll do and the more you're going to manage people's problems. And it's exhausting. And I decided this is not something that I that I want. It's terrible. I mean, you know, we can, we can talk more about that because I know your listeners are builders and all that. And I think it's very important to test the waters and know how much you can take and know that even if you ever have an HR department, it's not going to change the fact that you always have to deal. The bigger your company, the more like people problem that you won't believe you have to deal with. Yeah, even if you have created something fabulous, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sure Steve Jobs probably had to deal with problems that, you know, we can't imagine. Like, oh, I, I don't know. So that was something that really informed how I wanted to build a new future for myself. I have somebody that works with me that's a freelance and I still work with Emily, but that's basically all. And I'm very happy to go back to basics uh, and be basically uh, working just on my creative work. So what we did when we came back from the silent retreat was start letting go of people, you know, start like being like, okay, just like, you know, making our team much smaller, letting people finish, giving them the time, you know, to find another job and all that. And, you know, get on to letting go of our big studio, uh, you know, which was on the Bowery in New York and letting go of all these appearances and these things that were exhausting us more than anything and going back to the essentials of, you know, what we really loved. And then it was a weird time because financially, you know, my industry had changed so much. I was doing these changes and then COVID happened. So that's when I really had to, I was really challenged to try and do something new. Because by that point, you know, COVID kind of like wiped everything out, you know, and I was talking to my friends, I was like, how are you doing? And they're like, I'm losing my company and, and this and that. And I mean, by the way, it's still going. Uh, nobody really talks about it. But, you know, people that are entrepreneurs are struggling right now. I don't even know why we're not talking about it more publicly and all that. But like, so many businesses are being wiped down. So many industries are crashing. And uh, I don't want to be depressing, but uh, it's not an easy time. 
so it's also an interesting time to create new things, by the way. There is always kind of a, a balance, mm -hmm. you know, of uh, things die, things emerge, uh, things change. And this is kind of what I, I did uh, for myself. So I met a new guy and he was in New Zealand. So I, at the beginning of lockdowns, I went to see him and I happened to actually then stay there for three months. Uh, kind of got stuck there. There was lockdown everywhere. And I had no more business basically you know things had changed and and I felt very disconnected and because I had had these um, you can call it a depression maybe like a kind of a, a stop but the shape of what I was doing was I had a sort of a publication a blog illustration writing so I write stories I talk about my life uh, and all that and photography slowly I had let go of photography because I had become a a fashion photographer and that's one thing I got kind of tired of and so I moved on I published a book which is a New York Times bestseller but it was like what in 2015 same it's kind of a, a fun memoir about style which did really well and and that's after that that there was a kind of breakdown and you know it was time to start letting go of things so anyway one of the foundations of what I do is writing and when I was in New Zealand and there was COVID and the world felt like it was on fire and that everything was crumbling and my friends were calling me and being like I don't know what I'm gonna do I don't know I'm gonna keep my my own and I felt the same thing I was like you know what's going on I felt like the thing that I needed to do was to connect back to you know my core talent and so I started a newsletter and I just announced it very simply on my Instagram and started writing again you know like once a week writing a letter sending it to my subscribers. I didn't publicize it too much because I actually have a, a big number of followers on Instagram, but Instagram is like weird because you don't really know why people follow you. You know, some are fans, some hate you, some just like, <sighs> it's just, and the, right? It's, it's just really weird. And, and you have this weird algorithm that's that choosing, you know, what people see, who sees mm. it. And so you never really reach people that really care or like really want or like it's very disheartening Instagram it's, it's really hard like even for people who have an audience like I do it's just like I never feel like I'm doing the right thing so I wanted something completely different I was like you know what I want a small audience and I want people that I can talk with and people that I know like in the beginning you know so I didn't publicize it much I was like hey I'm doing this newsletter I think I put like two posts on my Instagram and then that's it you know, and I really was consciously in research of a small, dedicated audience, which is actually the other name of that is a community. I always have had like a very um, strong connection with my readers. I know a lot of them. I've met a lot of them and a lot of them have become true friends. And so, you know, as much as I can, that's, that's what I wanted. And then I started writing, realized how happy it was making me and how connected I feel to people and how much it helped make sense of the world around me and then one day I was talking with a friend and she was like why don't you make people pay for it and I was like oh you're crazy nobody's gonna pay for that and she was like of course people will pay for it I'll pay for it I want to read you and um, it's true that when I started writing again people were like we've been waiting for that for so long you know, I, there, there was this, and so at some point I was like, you know what, 
why not? I've been working with brands for the last 15 years. I am so tired of that. So tired. And I know it sounds like pretentious or blasé or something, but you know, these points come when you grow into your career, you know, the first times you have your first brand uh, jobs and all that, you're so excited and happy. And 10 years later, you've kind of done a whole thing and, and, and the clients are always trying to get something out of you that you don't want to give and, and all these kind of things. Also, when I started the landscape, you know, it was very different. And as the influencer world started growing, my work had changed and I didn't really like what it had become because if you follow all the things that I said, I started taking photos of other people and writing. And when Instagram came, brands started asking me to take photos of myself and to put myself, you know, forward. And I'm not against it, but it's not something I ever really wanted. And and it becomes a trap because you get used to the money and, uh, you know, your agent, you know, brings you more work and, and all that. So it was for, for me very interesting to finally be like, well, you know what? Maybe it's time that I don't feed my beautiful and dedicated readers these ads. Maybe it's time that, you know, they, they're going to make the choice to, you know, participate and then they can have my work free of any influence or advertising. And so I launched the newsletter in uh, July and uh, it's a, it's a very small, beautiful community and it's doing really well and I'm growing it very slowly. I don't want to make the same mistakes I made the first time. I know very well the value of cherishing a small following and letting it letting it grow organically. Mm-hmm. And I'm very I'm very careful with the the flash, you know, and the of big audiences that actually don't mean anything. And I have the proof right now because one of my friends has a business and she sells, you know, these little objects. And right now she's uh, having a trouble because of everything that's happening. She's not in stores and all that's very changed. And so she's uh, trying to do celebrity and influencer giftings and she's killing herself to get the addresses and, you know, make right. boxes for these people. And some of them are posting and it it's not selling anything. And these people have much more following than I do. And it's not selling anything because I think we're in the world. It's a post advertising world right now. So, So that's where I am right now. It's beautiful. And I love it because, you know, you kind of shared the whole trajectory. And I just love that people got to hear that you came from this island and then went to Paris and you started to to listen to your gut. And I love that you started by taking pictures of people on the street. And then lo and behold, you like find yourself at the front of this movement where you're like taking street, you know, photos and you go to New York. And I love this whole journey of, here you are working with brands and all the best ones, Louis Vuitton and Dior and everything. And it's so cool. And then it becomes a beast that you don't even want to be a part of. And it's exhausting. Um, We had Matthew McConaughey here. He was saying there was a day where he called his manager and he was like, why do I have a movie company, production company? And and why do I, and why do I have a a record label? Like, I don't want to do either of those things. And so right. he like just picked up the phone. And he was like, let's just cancel both. I mean, wow. I didn't get into this world. Just, you know, it's like, it's the idea of like, just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should, or that you really yeah, want that's to. The, and that's the big lesson for me. And, yeah. you know, I keep struggling because each time I see something, I'm like, oh, I want to do that. 
And then, yeah, but then you come back like your essential yeah. self. And I love where it wound up. I mean, what you're saying right now, I think is actually like a movement and it's like a book and it's an article and it's the New York Times. It's the, it should be the front of the New York Times, this idea that we are post-advertising. Um, mm-hmm. And you're so right. It's really about that small, engaged audience um, yeah. and how important it is, the the depth, not the width, but the depth. And, totally. and I love- way to put it. I love that you come all the way full circle to this membership how do you pronounce it? I know it means the island in French, but I don't want to mispronounce it. Lille. Lille. So it's yeah. beautiful. You know, people can join you and, and I'm sure that you're, I can already tell you're going to feel so much more fulfilled from that because it takes you back to your roots. This is me and my people, you know, it's just direct. It doesn't have to be anything that's being sold other than community connection. So, so many of the people who listen to the show, it's 90% women who listen and they're all creatives on some. Hi, level. every woman. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I want to talk about a couple of things. First of all, you know, you have this quality that you, you kept coming back to, which is you're very good at sort of like knowing what inspires you. And like you said, you started out writing, but then you were happy to do illustration. Then you were happy to do photography or whatever the order was. You're, you're sort of willing to to pull out different things and to, and to experiment and be messy. I think a lot of our listeners feel scared to put themselves out there or to just start a creative project because they think I'm not really that good or who's to say that anyone's going to like it. What would you say to somebody who is judging themselves maybe so much so that they're not even getting started? Yeah, I think it's too much narcissism. (laughs) I think you think that you're humble, but actually being humble would be just like, just put it out there and you'll grow as you grow. And, uh, you know, you learn more by putting your stuff out there than just trying to do something perfect. To me, the the sense you, you're right, I'm allowing myself to be messy. When I started my newsletter, you know, it's very different than it is now. Now it's starting to find its space and all that, but I would never have been able to understand what my reader wants, to understand what I can offer without really doing it, you know, on the go. And and I think that's how you create something that's really emotional. And honestly, there's so many things I want to say about that. But if you're creative, usually your brand or what you're creating, what you're putting out there is very emotional. It's part of your heart. There are very different ways to enter business and to enter like, you know, creating your thing. I know people who can just build a brand and just, you know, sell it out and just make a brand that's kind of a a shtick, right? It's like, okay, my brand is about this, this, and this, and these are my three themes, and that's what we're going to stay on. And, and, you know, and I really admire that. And sometimes I wish I was as focused and, you know, and I feel that today it's a little bit the trap in which everybody is falling, but that's another conversation. I was talking to the daughter of one of my friends recently and she's 14 and she's like, I don't know what's my brand. And I'm like, just start by being yourself. And then, you know, in, in 10 years, we'll, we'll talk about your brand or, you know, maybe we don't have to. But wow. anyway, so I think we're pushed because Instagram and social media is, uh, is trying to make us uh, very understandable, you know, very focused. I am about this and I am about that. And it's just weird. We're the same as a brand. And it's very difficult for, for artists and creative um, to allow themselves a sense of growth, a sense of, uh, you know, trying out stuff, messing out, 
having different periods, like my illustrations when I started were very different than they are now. And some people might not like the new ones and always will prefer the old ones. So prefer, but I'm allowing that to myself because that's the only way that I can grow and get to the next step. I love what you said about just that's how you learned about your audience is by doing it on the go. You know, I love how you yeah. say that. Yeah. I want to I want to follow up with one of the things that you do that you come back to quite often, which is your writing. And yeah. I want to ask you about it because I think that a lot of people feel writer's block and they mm. don't really understand why someone would care about what's going on in their inner world or what's going on in their life or what they're thinking about the world or what's what's happened to them today. And I think that what you're doing, it's proof that people are interested in one other person's personal experience. What would you say to someone about what the depth of that content is? Like what kinds of things are you writing to your newsletter that, that you see that it lands, it works? It's the kind of content people want to read. Well, I've always uh, been very honest, very open and very personal. And I think I can say that I, I do it differently than anyone else. And it comes really straight from the the heart and the way I know it's going to interest people is because I'm the first reader and I'm always like, I want to hear about that. My latest newsletter was about a time in my life when I have a boyfriend that didn't want to have sex with me. <laughs> so, you know. You're right. Uh, That's really interesting. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's interesting. I know because I talk a lot with my friends that so many people go through that. I know also that there is a way to write about it that doesn't feel that you're invading my privacy because, and I think that's the, and that's why I say I'm doing this in a way that I think a few people can do it. I have experience. I've done it for 15 years. I've written a book and I want to write more books, but also I'm, I'm a talented writer. I think just because of this simple honesty, right? I just feel like this is like a personal training. I do read sometimes things and I'm like, I don't want to read that. It's too much information. It's, it makes me feel yucky and all that. So that's where the, the talent comes. It's like, where do you put a sense of humor? Where do you refrain from talking? Where do you not make yourself a victim? Because there is a difference between right. telling a story and making a kind of a plaidoyer, you know, like, oh, look at me. I'm, I'm so sad. I went through so much. Uh, I think recently there's been a lot of uh, people that because they've seen people do that successfully have tried to get more audience by revealing, you know, big deal things about themselves and then dramatic things. Like sometimes you read something and you're like, wait, what's the, what are you trying to do? And what is the message? And, you know, there is a few things that I always ask myself before I start writing is, you know, what, what is my message? What am I trying to achieve? What am I trying to say? And so I think it's a personal training. And I think it's also by doing. Uh, and I also think it's by feeling, you know, I reread myself a lot. And I also have a few people that, you know, can reread me if I need. I mean, it makes a lot of sense what you're saying. You know, I've heard somebody say it like, you can share the scar, but not the wound. Like a scar is like, ah, you know, this yes. is something I went through and it's mm. healed, but like the wound is like during it when you're, then sometimes people, like you said, the word yucky, people feel like burdened somehow. Like, oh, this yeah. person has yeah. no boundaries. They're asking yes. me to hold this space for them emotionally. Versus <laughs> yes. like, Here's what happened. Here's what I got out of it. Here's what I learned. This is a little humor now. There's some wisdom, right? Um, exactly. Joe 
one of my teachers, he says, you know, um, something that's happened, a memory without an emotional charge is called wisdom. So it's like Mm -hmm. at the time it might've been hard, scary, traumatic, difficult, challenging. But now that the time has passed, there's wisdom in it, right? There might be comedy in it. There might be a lesson in it. Um, And we all have those things. And so I love the idea of thinking to ourselves, maybe, you know, what might be interesting that I've learned along the way, things that I took something away from. Yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, I think that's something that really defines me also since I started. Um, I really, I don't have a a victim mentality. I, I always want to you know, present things as I believe that life is uh, is as interesting when it's good as when it's bad. I go through things, you know, yeah. like even suffering, you know, and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. You know, what am I learning? And, you know, I, I'm a an avid journaler, like I journal every day of my life. So it really helps me, you know, get that distance. And exactly as you were saying, and you put it really well. So thank you. I think I always wait. I don't share very difficult things as they're happening. I know very well not to do that. I also want to protect the people that are part Mm -hmm. of these stories. You know, if I talk about an ex, you know, I make sure that you don't know which one it is. Um, And and I do that. And, you know, I I always try to mix big, big ideas and big, deep subjects with stuff that are very funny and light because I think that's also life. So that's my writing. That's how it kind of goes. Yep. And I love this. And I also just wanted to say, I love what you said before about how that's not really humility if we're thinking so much about ourselves. Cause I, I do think yeah. that it's true. I think it's false humility. You know, it's like, yeah. I'm so important that I, I have to worry about me versus like the one or two people who maybe I can find a connection point with. And it's maybe it's about them or maybe it's not so much about me being perfect. That was such yeah. an important thing that you shared. And this membership, so many of our listeners, especially now during COVID, as you said, a lot of people have lost their business and they need to ask big questions like, what am I going to do to pivot? What's going to be sustainable? And what's so beautiful is that there is a need that's emerged because of social distance, quite literally. People are finding that they want connection and memberships are amazing because we have the tools and you've done it so beautifully. Do you mind sharing with us how your membership has grown and what you do, what do you do for those members? What is the promise of the membership? I think a lot of people feel overwhelmed. Well, what's a membership? What do I have to create? And do I have to be an expert? And how do I have to give them something? What does it look like? And and is it really a possibility? I think just showing what it's been for you is very exciting for people to hear. Yeah. You know, a simple thing like a newsletter is something that people can potentially want to buy into. What my community is, is definitely the newsletter. I also, uh, I made it by myself because I know a little bit HTML and coding. So I just, you know, I work on this platform called Memberful that, you know, and that enables having memberships and all that. And I was just really trying and um, trying to be as generous, you know, and uh, I want, you know, what defines a community is the connection between the people. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily you. So you you get people to be interested in what you do. But my role as a kind of, you know, the head of the community or facilitator. Yeah. Yeah. Is to get these people to connect. So I really wanted to have a place for them to be able to connect. That was more than a a comment section. So I built a, a forum, a place that I call the conversation where we could go share ideas. And, you know, when we need someone, when we need to talk any subject, you know, whether it's like, I don't know, like 
beauty and injections well who's your doctor from you know i just lost my parent you know what have you done when and so there is really like everything and also you know for me it's always been about everything i've been terrible at uh, putting myself into a line uh, for example yours is about business and mine could have been that because you know i i built a few businesses and all that but that's one of my flaws and i guess that's also one of my qualities so I have to talk about everything. You know, I want to talk about sex. I want to talk about beauty. I want to talk about work. I want to talk about life and death. And it's always been very difficult for me to choose a lane. But I think it's important to learn to make of your flaws, you know, qualities, because that's what's going to separate you from the rest. So but I think you know, even though you're you're talking about a lot of things, because you are so much in your aesthetic, mm. then it is specific because there's only one you. And you are very available as an individual. Mm -hmm. What is personal Mm -hmm. is universal, but it is personal. Mm -hmm. So I think it attracts people who want to be your best friend. It's like, if you're the kind of person who loves style and likes to be honest and unabashedly yourself and also has a flair for art and writing, then this is a sophisticated, cool group of women to be Mm -hmm. a part of. Um, not that you say it's just for women, but but because you are a woman and yeah. you are all of those things, you know, sometimes our demographic is not the thing that makes us specific. And sometimes it's not the work that people want to do or the problem they want to solve, but it's the type of person that they are. And I think it's your aesthetic and it's your whimsy and it's your smarts and all of that. And people are like, I identify with her. So I want to be in her her world. And I saw that there's two levels of your membership and one of them, you get two digital prints, right? Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. that's beautiful too. Cause it's like people get to be a part of this Mm -hmm. style and this beauty and this artwork. I mean, it's amazing. And how often do you show up live in there or do you not? I started by doing interviews just like you do. And I feel like, you know, I used to have a podcast actually. Yeah, I saw Uh, that. I, yeah, love the, I, used, I love the title of it. Yeah, pardon my French. It's because I love swearing. Um, no, ju- no, just because it's such a perfect title for a French girl. Okay, go ahead. Right. I used to have a podcast and I used to interview, you know, celebrities and, you know, I don't know, important people and two times a month. And then two times a month, it was just a conversation with the people in my studio and my friends. And the parts that was doing the best was always the simple, short conversation and just, you know. And it's funny because I did the same with my community. I started, I was like, oh, you know, we're going to interview that person and that person. And actually, I connect the most. Yesterday, I had one of my best friends who also happens to be kind of a super pro in beauty. And how better, like, to have a conversation with somebody that's completely honest, that's not trying to sell you something, and so now, uh, just because I love it, I usually do, this week I have two live sessions. There was one yesterday that was really fun with my best friend. And then there is one with three members of the community who are going to talk to me about their experience uh, dating during COVID. And I so, love what you built. Do you find that people are taking to it? The membership is growing or do you find that it's only relevant to a, a smaller group of people? Like what possibility might you want to extend to people who are listening who want to start a membership? I think 
the people who want to start a membership should start by exploring what's out there because there are so many different uh, ways of doing it. In my case, it's special because I have not advertised it just because I want to filter and I'm going to do it because, you know, I think it's important to keep refreshing and have new members and all that. But if it becomes not manageable for me, I'll just cap the number and stop taking new appliance. And of course, I also, there is COVID. I want to create live events. I want to get to actually oh meet my, God, be my so members. Fun. Yeah, it's just very natural to me, you know, organize these nice dinners and do a lot of things. Oh, um, that's going to be so fun to go to one of your dinners. It's going to be so fun. And so... I mean, really, I'm going to go back to the same thing, because I think once you have your core understanding of what you offer and all that, then you can think about maybe numbers and like making money and all that. Right now, it's really not my main focus. Right now, I'm trying to create this world. And I know that it's going to grow. So, And, you know, at some point, if I need them, or if I think that's the time, I'll take advertising on Instagram, I'll do more press, I'll do more things You're like that. You're not going to need it. Yeah, you know, just for, for the time being, I think, you know, if you really want to know my way of making business, really like to, to try to find your message, what you want to do, what you're good at. So don't just like be like, okay, so I'm going to do this and this and this and this without even trying. Give yourself a few months, a year, you know, grow your project like it's like, a, you know, uh, just gestational. How do you call that? You know, when it's in the womb. And then I've only now started to advertise a little bit on my Instagram account, you know, just put a few things so people can go sign up and all that. And so, the you know, there is more and more members, but I really am I'm taking it super slow. In terms of what one can expect, I think the sky is the limit. Uh, you know, you've seen so many like success stories, whether it's by online class selling and, and membership. I do think that at some point you have to be careful with the, the market being saturated. It always happens. Mm-hmm. So that's also why I'm really encouraging people to create things that are extremely personal that can't be replicated. Right. Because uh, having a class, an online class on business, there is so many right now. And I'm talking now, or like, you know, I mean, my friend just bought a Pinterest class for 400 bucks. She never even opened it. But, you know, I guess that works. But I think at some point it's going to be, you, you're going to do it once or twice, the 400 bucks for a Pinterest class that, you know, and then you're not necessarily. So I, all that to say, it's like in every type of business, differentiation is super important. There's no yep. formula. Yeah. And what I think yeah. really works, like what you're doing really well and you said it, is the focus on it's about the community, not you, right? Yeah, yeah. Because when you focus on that, like in my made to do this program, people are like, is it an online course? And I'm like, no, there's no videos, there's no modules. It's not about information. You can get information anywhere. It's the community, it's the implementation. It's we're doing this together so that Mm -hmm. by the end you actually did it. And with your community, it's really about focusing on if people make friends in this space, why would they want to leave that? That's not no, duplicable. Exactly. That's not replicable. Yeah. The thing I was yeah. going to ask you is sort of as we're summing up, because it's so obvious, like you, I said this when we started, you're so beautiful and <laughs> it's not only physical, it's very much an energy. Oh, this is so- it's really an energy. And I think everything is an energetic transaction, right? The reason we want to buy a Louis Vuitton versus a whatever you could get 
It's the energy of it. It's the energy, mm-hmm. right? It's the resonance of this person, of this brand, of this thing. And I'll you send should- you my book. There is a, a whole little chapter about energy. That's what I believe in. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. And it's so obvious. And yeah. so I wanted to ask you about beauty and confidence and that energy, because I believe that whoever you are, whether you're selling a product, a service, a package, a course, a membership, a jacket, it's in stepping into the frequency and, and you're not trying, you are, mm. right? And when you are in that energetic, the person who wants to receive that exact energy, they're in. Mm-hmm. And with you, you're holding a certain vibration and there's a, there's always a match. There's always a vibrational match for every energy. And so I you're think right. what you've done is you've created a world around that vibration. Mm. And I think when it comes to beauty and style and confidence, people are always looking outside of what do I need to wear and what's the pattern of the shadow and the, the highlighter or what am I getting? And, um, it's something else, right? It's inside out. So what is that about for you? Cause clearly there is a way that you're finding center, which is literally the mm. key that's opening every door. Mm-hmm. It's what it's the through line. It's why you were able to write, shoot pictures, create a brand, a business, a member. It's, it's that. Mm-hmm. So what's bringing you back to that? Because I think women would want to know from you, how can I look this beautiful <laughs> seriously and how can i attract people to me mm. into this vibration how do we drop into that so first i want to say that you put these things into words very beautifully like you've said a few things during this interview Thanks. and i i can see why you also have so much success like i i really that's think so that nice you, you understand what you're talking about so that's very important that's you know exactly what Thank I was saying. Is sometimes people start things and you realize it's a formula, and I don't think that's what you're doing. So, mm-hmm. um, thank you. And about the, you know, the energy. I do think that you know I've been through a few different vibrations in my life. Uh, when I started and I got into that success and stepped into this, I was more a crazy energy, you know, of like wanting to discover the world and giving it my all. And, you know, when you're 30 and you're like, let's go and let's be crazy. If you read my text, then it's just, it's hilarious. And sharing all the disasters that I go through in fashion when people close the door at my face. And I think there was a beauty to that. And uh, definitely it's, it's attractive to you want to be with that kind of outsider, you know, beginning in the world. And I think to me, it's about, uh, storytelling that's what people kind of connect and then plug into you know and then this energy changed and I think I went to a more fragile period where it was more difficult for me to share things but during that time I uh, did a lot of work on myself which is always a constant in my life you know Um, I was talking about things like a silent retreat and all that and honestly like this energy is it's really like a lot of uh, love you know, it, it sounds so trite and, and all that, but I really think about all the members of the community and I know a lot of them by name uh, and I connect with them on Instagram where we talk, you know, through a lot of them. I recognize them on the street and, and all that. And that's always the thing that carries me. And I do think that, you know, a boyfriend I had uh, a little time ago that had told me, look, 
don't worry about money. If you capture people's emotions, there will always be money. And I don't do it on purpose. It's uh, it's very much uh, my truth, you know. And uh, that's why I was saying a, a few times uh, during this interview that I'm not really a great business person, but I know that I I bring something, you know, that's honest and real. And uh, yeah, and it started, you know, you were talking about this thing about humility. It started because I used to be very shy, and I met uh, my best friend when I was 15. And she was the antithesis of shy. And she would always say when she didn't know something, when she was wrong. And I really kind of, I modeled her. I could see how people would melt in front of that, say, oh, I don't, I don't know what that is. And they would want to explain, you know, and they would want to connect. And uh, she would show her full humanity. And I had never been taught to be that. I was always hiding. And now once you find that and you're like, well, let's just be humble and remember we're human and, and let's stop to try to make everybody believe that my life is perfect it's just not been my life story and and my life story is about something that's uh is very different that's about imperfection about realness but also about you know trying to be noble in everything i do and there's a there's an integrity in that authenticity yeah exactly that's yeah. kind of the word that i was looking for there's yeah. really integrity and and to be a the same outside as I am on the east side. And I think you answered the question in such a beautiful way, but it's, it's really love. You know, um, mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's hard for people to, to exude confidence and it's scary because what does that mean? And I don't, what if I don't feel confident, but what about just opening your heart? Mm-hmm. And that's something we all can do. And an open heart you know, they've done these studies and they'll, they'll look at someone who's meditating, who's in heart coherence, where there's like, they drop into the present moment and they open their heart to compassion or gratitude, an open heart, open hearted space. And they'll take the sound waves of the uh, heart monitor and they'll look at those sound waves under a microscope. And when a person is in heart coherence, the sound waves themselves they create a kaleidoscope of perfect mm, prisms. So wow. that the vibration itself of heart coherence mm-hmm. turns immediately into creation. That's mm. how elevated that energy is. But when somebody is not in heart coherence and they're in their busy mind and so their body is not feeling coherence, it's feeling all over the place and they listen, they look at the sound waves of that energetic under a microscope, it's only chaotic. There is no pattern The sound waves don't create anything. And if you were to look at these sound waves of an open heart, it's absolutely stunning, which means as we walk through the world with love, we're literally emitting patterns. We're literally Mm -hmm. creating coherence into the, the field. So I love the way that you said that. And I think that that's probably the secret to the entire conversation that we had is (laughs) your willingness to leave that Island Mm. one ingredient which is Mm. being willing to open your heart and Mm. that sets you on your path and it's what what draws everybody to you thank you i mean i hope so i I just don't want to be bored you know i don't want to make money for making money and i i you know it's so boring there is nothing behind i've been there as i said i've never been like a hugely immensely rich but i've done the things that i wanted and it, it sounds pretentious or whatever to say that but 
you get so bored very fast. And so, so it's important. Well, to that's connect. probably why you were going through such a low point because you, oh, you had, had yes. all these things and you're like, oh. if this is what it's supposed to yeah, be, no. like this party, this clothes, this invitation. And I'm like, Ugh. like, that's scary. Right. You're like, there's something else. And oh, you yes. went on that retreat and it kind of set you free. So mm-hmm. tell us where we can find you and follow you and, and start reading more of what you're writing. Yeah, uh, well, my name on Instagram, my name is Garance Doré. Uh, you can find my community on Instagram at We Are Lil, uh, W E A R E L I L E. And um, online, if you type Lil Garance Doré, you, you can find uh, where to subscribe to the community. Amazing. We'll put the links to everything in the show notes and I'll do a swipe up to everything. And thank oh, you great. so much. Thank I you. really loved talking to you with you and listening to you is such a pleasure really like thank you it was a pleasure for me how amazing is Garance? here are the takeaways number one follow your intuition don't fear the disruption number two cherish a small dedicated audience let it grow organically number three you'll learn more when you just put it out there instead of trying to do it perfectly allow yourself to be messy create on the go number four express yourself from the heart Number five, think of yourself as your first reader. Write what you would want to hear about. Number six, life can be as interesting when it's good as when it's bad. Number seven, community is defined by the connection between the people. And number eight, when you make things that are personal, they cannot be replicated. Thank you so much for being here. It really is the best to have you guys on this journey with me. And I'm so excited about this free, incredible workshop we're doing called Most Abundant Year. It's going to be happening in two weeks and I want you to grab your seat. You can go to kathyheller.com slash abundance to get signed up. And if you can't make it live, of course, we'll send you the replays. This is going to be our opportunity to unleash all that we desire and open our palms to receive it this year. We have so many good conversations coming up. So please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify, wherever you listen. And if you know someone who would be inspired by this episode, take a second right now and share the link with them or text it to them, however you want. Or you can go ahead to Instagram and post a story about this and tag me at kathy.heller. And you could also tag Garance and it will let her know that you enjoyed this episode. And I'll repost and thank you for doing that. You guys are the best. I love being here with you. I'll leave you with a song and I'll talk to you Thursday.
I can't do I feel like I'm brand new 